Welcome to episode number 97 of the Inspirational Athletes Podcast here on the Always Lancaster Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Walk, sports reporter for LNP Newspaper and LancasterOnline.com in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. For you guys who listened to last week's episode, um, you might recognize this upcoming guest. Last week we had on um, Penn Manor alum and Duquesne women's bowling coach Jody Federhoff, who kind of chatted about her coaching journey uh, from all over the place and now starting up in the last few seasons anyway, a program completely from scratch at Duquesne University. So if you want to know background on that, um, feel free to go back and listen to that. I only say um, all that because this week's guest is Elizabethtown High School alum Olivia Farewell, who is one of the bowlers at uh, Duquesne she just came off an incredible, what was it, 2017-18 season with Duquesne, what was her freshman campaign, um, and we kind of chat about that that whole process from uh, growing up in a bowling alley that her parents owned to um, following bowling through Elizabethtown High School, where she won a ton of district and state titles, to the whole recruitment process with Duquesne and turning down some of the top bowling programs to instead, you know, go to a, a essentially brand new program at Duquesne and help uh, build that program there with Coach Federhoff. Um, and yeah, Olivia was great. She kind of chats about that whole process and some of the difficulties that she's had. Yeah, she's had a ton of success, but it hasn't all been easy. And a lot of it uh, comes to mental toughness and kind of just, you know, if she has a bad bowl, how she goes about putting that behind her and getting on to the next one. Um, and kind of just the intricacies of bowling, what kinds of balls that she uses, uh, how much they weigh, um, why she likes uh, getting back out there and whatnot. All right, one last uh, programming note before we move forward here. If you guys like what you hear, feel free to hop on iTunes and Google Play, search Always Lancaster Inspirational Athletes in the podcast section and hit subscribe. All right, with all that out of the way, on to our conversation with Olivia Farewell. I just kind of like to start as far as icebreakers a little bit, just to kind of get the guest comfortable. Um, and then we'll kind of get into your journey with bowling and stuff like that. So growing up, um, when you were little, was there like a favorite pro athlete or maybe a pro bowler that you looked up to and kind of idolized a little bit? Growing up, no. <laughs> I honestly, I didn't think I was going to be bowling in high school. Like going through my middle school years, I told my parents I did not want to bowl in high school. I told them I wanted to play basketball instead. <laughs> And then my eighth grade year, my brother, he bowled on the high school team. So I was always at the matches and, like, around it. Mm -hmm. But I still, like, didn't want to. And then I talked to my parents about it. And I don't know what happened or what, like, clicked. I think it was just watching him bowl and seeing, like, all the stuff that he was doing, where he was going, like, traveling-wise. I just kind of decided that I'm not going to play basketball in high school. I want to wow. continue bowling. So... So that summer, I took it more serious. Okay, so an older brother, it sounds like? Yes. All right, how much older? Four years. All right, and do you have any other siblings, or just you two? I have another older brother. Okay. He's... Was he also a bowler? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. He did, not, he did not take the bowling up. He did, like, baseball, wrestling, football, right. all those sports, but he's... But I guess the brother who was four years older than you, did he go on to bowl in college as well? No, he, he played the cross well? in college. Oh, really? All right. Yeah. Is that Austin? Yep. Oh, all right. No wonder <laughs> I reckon it. I cover uh, LL League lacrosse here, and there's like 100-plus local guys playing college lacrosse. Which uh, Where's he playing lacrosse at? Or did well, he? he did play at Lebanon Valley College. That's right. All yeah. right. Yeah, they're like the uh, Lancaster Lebanon Valley College because they have like 
a dozen kids, it seems like, from Lancaster County in the roster. Anyway, I'm getting off track here. Um, what was your first job or first part-time job? I'm going to guess it's probably at the bowling alley. Yep. All right. Um, for those who are unfamiliar, you grew up, um, well, I'll let you tell it. You grew up in a bowling ta- uh, bowling alley. Where, where was it at? Uh, what's it called? And your family owns it, obviously. Yeah, so it's Clearview Lanes. It's right in the middle of E-Town and Mount Joy. Um, my fa- well, Hennigan's connected to it. Hennigan's mm. restaurant. My family, we own that whole thing. So I kind of, every day I spent pretty much there. My mom bowls, dad bowls, <laughs> grandparents bowl. Um, so what, uh, if, if you, once you get to an age where you can like work there, what, what did they have you do? Were you just running the counter or? I, don't I worked, I worked the snack counter. Okay. And then like right now I'll go in in the mornings with my dad and I'll help him clean and like open. And then, like, a year or two ago, I started bussing over in the restaurant. Oh, very cool. All right, so I so kind of worked I was going to ask you, I'm like, all right, outside of the bowling alley, what <laughs> any other job? So you were a, a busser at, a re- at the restaurant there. Yep. All right, that makes sense. Um, yeah, you're at Duquesne University now. What are you studying as a student, like, as far as going towards your bachelor's, and what's the goal there? Uh, right now, I'm – well, my freshman year, I was sports marketing, and I did not like it. So <laughs> going into this year, I switched – into sports information and media. Oh, very cool. All right, so like maybe a, a SID or one of the SID people, I guess, for any of the programs is yeah. kind of what um, you see? Or? That's kind of like my second goal, though. My main like goal that I want to do is I want to get sponsored by one of the bowling companies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And bowl on tour. Yeah, but we'll get them. to that. Yeah. <laughs> I figure that's probably uh, yeah. the ultimate goal is what, what you're aiming for after college anyway um when you're at a match because i'm sure you know there's non-bowling aficionados who's going to be listening to this so i'm curious as far as like the actual bowling ball that you use what kind of brand is it to you what, how much does it weigh um is there a certain brand that you like over others just as far as what works for you and what doesn't um well i have eight bowling balls <laughs> that i carry around with me um they're all either storm or road grip, and all of them are 15 pounds. Um, I basically, when I'm at a tournament or bowling in a match, I base it off of what the lanes are doing because each one of my balls does different things. They all work on like different kind of lane conditions. So it's whatever like is working for me that day. I'm comfortable with all of them. It's just whatever is that day's. That's like, for. I'm sitting here trying to do the math in my head. Eight balls, 15-pound balls, that's like 120-pound that you're carrying around. So you have yeah. to be pretty strong. I yeah. don't know. Like, where does that come from? Like, you can't just pick up a 120-pound bag and be able to do that. Like, you stay probably physically fit to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, during school, we <clears throat> work out twice a week, and it's all lifting. So, And then on top of that, I usually go off on my own, and I'm in the gym. I try to be in the gym every night. Okay. Like after classes. See, that's interesting because I imagine some people listen to this and think, oh, you're a bowler. Your bowlers aren't much athletes. And I guess uh, you, you're kind of against that stereotype. Uh, what do you mean, like, when you're hitting the gym? What does that look like as a bowler? Like, what types of exercises or um, weightlifting? It's thing? pretty much everything that, like, a normal, like, athlete would do. Like, <laughs> I work out my legs. I do cardio. I work yeah. out my upper body. So it's pretty much all the same things. Um but bowling strictly, like, a lot of people think it's, like, all your upper body. Like, when you swing the ball, that you're using all muscle. But really, it's your lower body. It's all your legs. Because, like, if you're in a tournament and if you don't have the leg strength, like, 
year it's going to show in like the scores. So what kinds of uh, lifts are it? Is it squats, deadlifts, or? Uh, we do deadlifts. We've done squats. Um, we do leg curls. We and do I imagine lunges. the cardio end of it. People don't think about this, but like your match day, it's several hours. Like you probably start at what time and what time do you finish? Um, we're usually up some tournaments like five in the morning to start practice like seven eight wow. and then we're not done until it could be like six seven at night all right so and that's then a, the next day we'd have to get up again because our tournaments right. are usually friday saturday sunday so that's a 10 12 hour and possibly even longer day so you have to yeah. have the stamina and the cardio and, yep. and endurance to be able to kind of stay up to speed on that so i don't know if there's I mean, obviously, you can't go and exercise for 12 straight hours just to get your body used to that. But it, I guess yeah. it's just a imagine of maintaining a certain fitness level. Yeah. Um, and does that look like, as far as cardio, like, are you running long distances as far um, as miles? or? My cardio, for me, I usually, I kind of, like, split it up on things. Like, I'll do the elliptical for a certain amount. I'll get on the treadmill for a certain amount. Um, that's usually all I do. Sometimes I'll, like, jump on the bike and I'll ride that but those three things are like what i mainly yeah. do for cardio well a couple more fun questions for you when you're going into a match or a meet um that morning is there anything like on your way to the bowling alley that you're are you listening to a certain kind of music or anything to get you pumped up or any or maybe um, in between warm-ups or anything like that or is that something bowlers do or no i'm sure some of them do for me and i don't usually in the morning bus rides i just kind of put on whatever is like on my phone okay. i don't really like focus on any type of music or anything serious and uh for those who are unfamiliar with olivia you also played softball during your time in elizabethtown um freshman and sophomore year uh what position did you play and where were you at in the batting lineup uh, i started first base for the varsity team and i batted either fourth or fifth in the lineup and what got you involved in softball is something friends were doing or well growing up i started out playing t-ball and then i played actual like little league baseball with my cousins and then i moved to the like the softball league in e-town and then i went i played travel softball and then i went to the high school Mm. team so i've kind of like always done it so it just got to the point where I had to choose if I wanted to go to college, play softball, or bowl. Mm. And that's where I had to drop one of them. All right. When, what age would you say, as far as bowling goes, like, obviously, if you grow up in a bowling alley that your parents own, you're going to be bowling all the time and probably getting pretty good at it. But what age do you figure out, like, this is something I'm, I'm really good at and something I really want to pursue? Did that not come to, like, later in your high school career? Or did you know that from middle school? I don't know. Well, I kind of did for myself. I decided going into my freshman year that this is what I was going to want to do, like, in the future and when I get older. So that's when I started to take it more serious. I mean, I'm always bold, but I've seen kids that are, you know, fifth, sixth grade, and they're actually taking it serious, like bowling in tournaments, because you can earn scholarship money at Wow. Yeah, like at a really really young age. Yeah, because I guess you can't hand, like, a – a fifth grader yeah. here's a ten thousand dollar check you gotta do it towards a, a scholarship for college or anything like that it's interesting that you bring that up because it just popped in my head i wonder like you've been involved in bowling 
pretty much since, I don't know, near birth probably. Um, so with that being said, maybe there can be points of like getting burnt out on the sport if you're around it so much um, of maybe just like, okay, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I should try something else. Did that ever come along at any point for you? Maybe not. <laughs> I wouldn't say it has. The only thing that I can think of is like when we have weekends off at school, it's kind of like a reliever, but after a while it just kind of gets boring and I kind of want to go and bowl again. Like I just bowled junior gold and that's, mm-hmm. a, we were out there for 11 days. Mm-hmm. And when I came home, my dad was like, take a week off. And at the end of the week, I was like, all right, well, I'm bored. <laughs> so let's go back and bowl. But he didn't put you to work at the bowling alley at the restaurant. No, or he did, but um, no bowling. All right. So I want to go over the high school career real quick. Um, I'm going to list a whole ton of accolades and then I have some questions for you after that. All right, taking a breath here. Olivia was a four-time team captain and leading Elizabethtown Area High School to a state championship in 2013 and 14 season. Um, runner-up finish in the 2014-15 season. She posted a Lancaster Lebanon League high average of 222 as a junior on the way to winning the singles championship and being named Lancaster Lebanon Bowler of the Year. She won the PIAA State Eastern Regional Championship in March of 2016. She won the District 3 Eastern Regional Singles and Team and Pennsylvania State titles as a senior in 2017. By the way, that state championship, Olivia finished with six strikes in her final seven throws to pull away for her high school career. Olivia finished with national records for, uh, let's see, a high two-game series of 577, a high five-game series of 1,283. Also held Pennsylvania State records for a high average of 228.3, a two-game series, a four-game series, a five-game series, and a six-game total of 1,547. All right, with all that being said, um, Coach Federhoff, I had her on uh, the podcast last week, and one of the topics that she talked about was mental toughness among her bowlers, of being able to go up there and on the biggest stages and, and being able to perform and kind of putting everything else aside. So I bring that up to say you have – all the success during your high school career, you go on to the biggest stages, districts and states, and you you knock everything down that you can. Um, I'm wondering how do you stay so mentally tough during that? Because I, I don't know, I feel like oftentimes, especially for any teenagers, boys or girls, on that biggest stage, there's nerves that, that come into play and, and any sport is 90% mental. And I imagine bowling's probably the same way. I'm just wondering how do you kind of stay so laser focused throughout that high school career? Well, um, I would say that for me personally, it's a learning process. My freshman sophomore year bowling, I was not able to do that. Really? Like, I remember, I don't know if it was my freshman year or sophomore year, but I was bowling in districts, I think. And I was in the top five or however many they take. And we went on our lunch break. And when I went back... Mm. I bowled myself pretty much right out of the tournament. So through the years, I've had to learn myself how to stay, like, focused. And when I do throw, like, a bad shot, to let it go. That's That was my hardest thing is I always hung on to the past. So my next shot was always affected mm. by what happened before. And definitely my um, high school coach and my parents and now my college coach, like, they're all – helping to like get me even further with that because I still struggle with it like in junior gold I had one block where I started off good and then like my parents could tell like something was it was going downhill because I just was not there like I should have been so 
Uh, it's I think bowling is probably the hardest to do it with because so, so during that time when you're going downhill at junior golds, what happens then? Like, do your parents pull you aside and say, "Well, hey. they, they'll talk to me and they'll be like, you know, like you're fine, like just forget about it, let it go." And it, the hardest thing for me is actually doing it. Like, I can listen to somebody tell me, <laughs> you know, let that go, forget about it, move on. But and I can tell it to my other teammates, like on college, like. If somebody throws a bad shot, I'll go up to him and say, you know what, forget about it. You have four other people behind you in the lineup. Like, you're okay. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to me, like, I'm just not not there yet to where I can actually say to myself, I'm fine. I still hang on to it because in my mind, since I started bowling, like, competitively, I always think one shot makes the tournament. Right. If I throw a bad shot, then all of a sudden I'm done. Because people might not understand that. Like you have a throw or two and then you sit down for a while and then yeah. you're sitting there thinking, gosh darn it, why did I throw this ball like that and what's going to happen to my next throw? And it kind of carries over and just steamrolls a little bit. Yeah. So you're saying that still happens now, just a little less frequently than it used to earlier on. Yeah, I know when my college coach was recruiting me, like she could kind of see like where I lacked as far as my mentality of the sport. <laughs> yeah. But then when she got, when I got to school, towards like the middle of my season, both her and my dad were saying that I've started to like improve on it, but I still have to continue to improve on it because I'm not fully to the point where I can throw a bad shot and turn around, say I leave like a pocket 7-10 split. Mm-hmm. I can't turn around and laugh about it because I know a lot of people can, but for me, like I can't. It just, it makes me mad. It frustrates <laughs> me and I can't, like I don't let it go. And then it affects me the rest of the way. So I'm still trying to get better at that part of the sport. I'm wondering as far as, I don't know, the the whole making you mad part, does that carry over to make you a better bowler, though? Like maybe the next time you go up? Or do you have to be completely composed on every single throw? Because if you throw it too hard, then it makes the ball go off course and stuff like that. Like is the the nerves a little bit like you have to keep everything even keel just to make sure that the throw Um, is smooth? I would I would say that's part of it, but okay. usually my dad has always said to me that if I throw a bad shot, like when we bowled nationals, which I ended up winning singles wise, mm-hmm. but the whole game for nationals through like the seventh frame I was losing, so it was either you know I'm either gonna lose it or I have to do something and hopefully so pull this one through. Better playing from behind in a sense. Yeah, I I mean my dad and a lot of people that have watched me always said like if she misses a shot guarantee the next four are going to be fine (laughs) like in states my singles when i won the singles title the one girl she was bowling against me and a one family friend of mine was standing behind like i guess her supporters and i threw the ball out and left a huge split and the people that were supporting the other girl they're like well she's got her like she's gonna win (laughs) and our family friend was like if olivia moves she's gonna strike and your girl doesn't have a chance Wow. And I did, and then they looked at him like, you know, you're kind of right. crazy. But. So you had mentioned a few minutes ago, just as far as uh, saying goodbye to softball, um, I guess what after your sophomore year to then focus strictly on bowling. So with that being said, when does – and you did that because you, wanted, you figured, okay, I want to bowl in college. So when does uh, the whole recruiting game come along for a high school bowler? Because that's – uh, I'm I'm relatively up to speed on some of the main sports and even lacrosse to that point, but I, I'm completely unfamiliar just as far as high school bowling and how that works as far as recruiting goes. Um, I know coaches look at people like their freshman, sophomore year, but they're not allowed to have like any contact with them. So it's pretty much the same way. It's a certain date 
during your junior year, then you can start like talking to schools and getting involved. And then from there on, like there, the process will start. Cause I know my coach in college, like she knew about me my freshman and sophomore year, mm-hmm. but I couldn't talk to her. Like she would come to some of the high school tournaments, but I was not allowed yeah. to have any contact with her. Um, I'm just curious as far as like, there's no like AAU or a club season for bowling. So it's basically uh, based off everything that you do during the high school season that college coaches essentially go off as far as looking at your numbers and, and taking an interest in you. And Oh, it's partially the high nature. school season, but the main like event for recruiting is mm-hmm. junior gold because they hold oh, wow. a tournament right. before junior gold and they pretty much when you sign up for it they'll give you like a colored shirt and mm-hmm. it's whether you're senior junior sophomore in high school and co- all the college coaches pretty much go to that and like see who's coming up for those who are unfamiliar um and i'll let you get a drink of water here since you've been talking so much um, you've done very well at junior golds, but somebody might be listening to this and think, what in the world is she talking about as far as junior golds? I imagine that's basically like a national, I don't want to say showcase, but I guess some of the top bowlers from around, I guess the country from the high school levels, you guys go and compete there. Is it like when you're a freshman, you compete against freshmen, or is it like ninth through 12th grades and you go and compete against everybody? Uh, junior gold is pretty much, it is pretty much a national thing, but like there's kids from, like other countries like we've had kids from puerto rico like Hmm. all over the place um but it's based off age groups so Mm -hmm. there's i think a 12 and under 15 and under and i think 20 and under okay and then there's Um, both boys and girls and when does duquesne come into play for you is it after that junior season or after junior golds of that junior season um I kind of started looking at, like, schools to be, like, as of choice, the end of my sophomore season. Mm. My parents started, like, talking to me about it. And we found Duquesne because my grandparents and my family knew my coach and her family and knew that she just took the job at Duquesne, so knew that they were a newer program and knew that it's a great school, so... They also knew that I did not want to go out of state and all my like offers that I got were mostly out of state. So they told me to go visit Duquesne and talk to her. And with it being a newer program, I thought, well, you know, I could go out there and start something and make it into the next big school for people to like look at. So So did you pursue them and then she took an interest in you or was it the other way around? Um, I th- pretty sure if i can remember she's like known about me since mm-hmm. all four years of high school like she knew what i did and everything but i i emailed wow. her and all i right. set up the visit because the reason i asked that you uh you were an awesome bowler in high school so i imagine there was probably a lot of top college bowling programs coming after you is that fair to say like yeah so <laughs> i guess i'm wondering why if, i imagine there's probably other established bowling programs that come to you and they have a a pretty good history and whatnot and then Duquesne's sitting here and if anybody wants to know about the background of Duquesne feel free to listen to last week's episode but essentially coach Jody Federoff Penn Manor alum um, she get, she's hired there to start the program from scratch I think the 16-17 season they didn't even compete and then or maybe it was I don't know anyway there's only basically one full season of competition and then Olivia gets there so still relatively young program not quite established yet so why go to a school 
like that as opposed to maybe go to like a powerhouse bowling program? Um, I chose it because a lot of the top schools, you have to compete to bowl. So you're not guaranteed that you're going to travel and like go to the tournaments. Mm. And I mean, a lot of people have always said to me, like, you definitely like you would bowl if you went here. And in the back of my mind, I didn't really let that decide whether I'm going to go to a school or not. And I chose Duquesne because I could still come home, like Mm. not just off of major like holidays. And I chose it because if with it being a newer program, I wanted with my coach's intentions of building it up, I wanted to show like other people because I feel like a lot of younger bowlers think they have to go to the bigger name schools. Mm. So my kind of long-term goal is that people look at Duquesne and think, well, they had this bowler, this bowler, and they did this and this and this. So mm-hmm. I just kind of want to help her like make it into something great because I know with the team we had last year, we missed nationals by 70 pins. And the year before mm-hmm. that, their first year, they missed it by, like, 80. Mm-hmm. So I know with the people that she recruits and the people that we already have, like, we can definitely make what people call, like, a powerhouse school. You're uh, the transition from high school to college, and it's interesting because I've had other college athletes on here. So much of the time they're talking about, oh, everybody's bigger or the game's that much faster. But for bowling, like, still the same bowling ball for you. It's probably still the same amount of distance for the lanes that you're bowling on. I'm wondering, is there a transition? I don't know. Is it any different from high school? Um, I would say it is. It's a lot more competitive. You have a lot more like bowlers that are at your level, so it makes it a lot harder, mm. and it makes it pushes yourself to be more accurate with your shots and actually like work harder in practice. It's like high school practice. I I always, I knew everybody I was bowling against, so mm. I really I went at my own pace. But every everybody was kind of like up and down with their skill level and stuff. So got you. All right. Again, I'm gonna read some uh, accomplishments here from this past season, which was Olivia's freshman campaign at Duquesne, and then I'll get back into that because I have some uh, questions for you afterwards. All right, take a breath. Um, In her freshman campaign last season, Olivia posted a pair of top five individual finishes and four top ten finishes, averaged a team high 201.88 in 34 traditional games. By the end of the season, she was the lone freshman named first team All-Northeast Conference after seven times earning NEC Rookie of the Week honors throughout the season and route to helping the second-year Duquesne program to a number 18 ranking in the NTCA Top 25. Olivia was later named Honorable Mention All-American by the National 10-Pin Coaches Association, becoming just the second freshman in school history to earn All-American honors in any sport. Um, I say all that to, to say this, like you went there, got all these accolades, and you make you made it look pretty easy. I'm wondering, is there anything in particular when it comes to bowling, I'll get to the shoulder injury here in a bit, but in terms of the bowling, was there one thing in particular as a freshman that you struggled with to kind of overcome? Um, I would say just kind of like fitting in, being mm. like <clears throat> feeling like you were a part of the team because I knew everybody on my high school team and I knew going into college, like there were people from different states. Like I knew two people going into my mm. freshman year and it was one of my roommates and another girl who I bowled with in high school so I knew them but I didn't know like everybody so everybody at first was kind of like you know we are and like we did things like team wise but you could kind of like tell that everybody was <laughs> like well 
these are the freshmen like so yeah. it's kind of like i think the biggest challenge as far as bowling was making it known that like i belong here i fit in with you guys and just being a part of the team it's interesting you say that i mean that's going to happen for any freshman at any college really but it's interesting you say that because my next question for you um after you were named the honorable mention all-american coach federhoff was quoted saying quote uh coming into the season olivia embraced the challenge of anchoring this young program unquote so i'm like okay how's a freshman anchor i guess what was a second year program obviously you performed well but was there anything like when you're not bowling like that you had stepped up essentially into a leadership role by the end of the year um I kind of, for our workouts, is kind of where I kind of more was vocal to them because we had to be up at 5, 30, 6 in the morning to work out. And so at this part, I think my team, like, hated me because <laughs> we would go into workouts and they would all be, like, tired and, like, asleep. And I would go in there, like, yelling at them, like, you know, just kind of being awake and alive. And they would always be like, you need to, like, tone it down. But it got us through it like our trainer said that by the end of the year like we were up there as far as the amount of weight we were doing compared to the other sports and he was actually like bragging to the other sports of what we were doing so i think even though they probably hated it and hated right. the loudness i think it went a long way especially on the lanes eventually because i mean we were all able to um mm -hmm stay on top of our games and for those who are unfamiliar in the middle of this past uh, freshman season the 2017-18 campaign right yeah um olivia battled uh i guess what was essentially a shoulder injury that kept you on the sidelines for for three weeks um could you just kind of how did the shoulder injury occur and what was kind of the next steps to eventually get you back to health so we were bowling in dayton ohio i think and we were in the middle of a tournament the very first day and towards like the second to last game like the sixth frame i went to shoot a 10 pin so i lined up on the approach and everything was fine nothing fell <laughs> off so usually when i feel like i'm good like i'll just go which i did so i went and when i got to the top of my backswing i dropped the ball like right out of my hand come back here yeah okay. so it was and my ball like when i get into the top of my backswing it ends up above my head like that's oh. how high my, like my backswing gets. Wow. So I dropped it and I, my shoulder felt like it fell and then like cracked. So I immediately grabbed my arm and my teammates were all like looking at me. Their eyes were like huge. They're like, what just happened? And all these other teams are looking at us and it was just instant pain. So is that a common thing for that to happen to bowlers? Is it kind of like an ACL injury and like a more active sport like everybody goes down with a knee injury and everybody suspects like is that what the bowling equivalent of it um, is or? <laughs> i think a lot of times i don't i don't know if it would be like common mm -hmm. i think the injuries can vary because i or like Tommy I know, john surgery in baseball or something like that i guess yeah but, i yeah. can i know of like people that had like knee surgeries done so i think right. the injuries in bowling just kind of happen they're mm -hmm. not really like so essentially, long story short, because I don't want to keep you here too long, uh, kept on the sidelines for three weeks, no surgery or anything, but it was essentially rehab and you couldn't do any kind of bowling? Yeah, it was. I went through physical therapy and what happened was the front part of my shoulder was stronger than the back. Okay. So it was all muscle imbalance, which caused it to, I guess, spasm on me. So I went through physical therapy and during the time I 
focused on a lot of lifting to kind of strengthen both sides. So are you doing anything even now, like this week, uh, certain lifts that you do regularly just to make sure that you maintain that? Um, so this week I'll probably work out Tuesday night, maybe Wednesday night and Thursday night, depending on like... I'm wondering like though, is there any specific lifts that you do just for your right shoulder arm just to make sure the front and back of it, of the shoulder stays strong, I guess? Well, I do a lot, like I do like a rotation. So like one day I'll do chest, which mm-hmm. kind of helps the front of it. And then one day I'll do my back and then one day I so do So like my dumbbell legs. flies or what? Yeah, like we do, I'll do a bench press, like a decline bench mm-hmm. press. I'll do, I do dumbbell things. Um, I do like a shoulder press. So I, I include like cool. those kind of things. So uh, last couple questions for you here. Uh, by the time this podcast comes out, I think it's going to be probably the last week in September, and you guys are pretty much going to be starting the season shortly after that. What's uh, what's the goal or expectations going into the 2018-19 season for you individually and for the team? Um, for the team, because I always – I mean, I don't go into my season, like, thinking about myself. Mm-hmm. I always go in for the team because I always put them first. And I think this year – our top goals would be winning our conference and going to nationals because we've been so close and it's just i think this year will be even stronger and you so. pretty much bring everybody back because it's only what going its third year of competition yeah we'll bring year. we're bringing in two new freshmen so okay but essentially yeah the 90 percent of the team's going to be coming back after what was a stellar year finishing what 18th out of the top 25 um ranking anyway um last question for you it's kind of the point of the podcast where i like to ask guests is there any like piece of advice or maybe life philosophies that you live by that you know you've been really successful in your bowling career i imagine you're probably a pretty successful student um is there anything that you can kind of leave us with that somebody might be able to apply to their lives to make them a better person or maybe somebody's going through a difficulty and needs a pick-me-up or anything like that i'll kind of let you take out whichever way you want <laughs> um i would say as far as like something that i kind of live by is i don't look at the past the guy mm-hmm. like a lot of people always bring up like past tournaments that i've won mm-hmm. but i'm not one to sit and like talk about it or think about my past i like to move on from things so I mean, in a way, I always like to move forward, and I think in the long run, it kind of helps me because I know going into tournaments, other people could be saying, oh, well, she's done this, done this, done this, done this, done this. But for me, I pretty much start things fresh. Like junior gold, it happened. I finished good, did my best. A lot of people when I came home were like congratulating me, but I won't sit there and talk to them about it. Like I will for kind of a short period of time but I now have another tournament this weekend in New Jersey, so that's my new focus. And I kind of like put junior goal in the back of my mind, not really forget, but not worry too much about it. Awesome. Well, hey, uh, if you guys enjoyed listening to today's podcast, and you'll probably enjoy listening to the previous 96 episodes, so feel free to go back and listen to those in the archives. Again, just last week, we chatted with Penn Manor alum Jody Federhoff, who is now Olivia's coach as the Duquesne women's bowling coach. Next week, we will be chatting with Cocalico alum Melissa Mertz, who some folks might recognize today in her role working for the PIAA. Uh, Melissa is going to be dropping by not only to chat about her day job, but also about her uh, field hockey journey from Cocalico to Shippensburg University to most recently still playing um, in her later ages. Um, 
just came back from an international tournament overseas in Spain. With that being said, I'm always looking for any suggestions for future Inspirational Athletes podcast guests. So if you're listening to this and think, hey, I knew this person, they'd be great. Throw me an email, jwalk at lnpnews.com or contact me on the Twitter at jwalklnp. Uh, Olivia, is there anywhere people can follow your journey or, or find you on social media? I don't know if you're on Twitter or Instagram or anything Oh, I like have that. an Instagram. Okay. Um, I think it's o.farwell21. Okay. I, I had trouble finding it, so that's why I was asking you. Usually yeah. kiddos, you're a teenager or a college athletes your age you know that stuff right off the top of your head um you guys can also go on the duquesne website goduquesne.com to find the upcoming schedule for the 2018-19 season and i believe their social media accounts is at goduquesne for the athletics uh before we wrap up here just want to give a shout out to colleagues tyler huber and claudia espenshade tyler is the engineer slash slash producer of this podcast while claudia handles all the posting duties to get this thing online so thanks to them thanks to you guys for listening and olivia thanks for sharing your story appreciate Thank you.